Podcast. My name is Jedi Master David, and with me as always is Darth Austin. Hello, everyone. Well, folks, you know, we have completed our run in The Mandalorian, Season 2, and we figured we would come right back here and do a retrospective of the entire season. So we're going to talk a little bit about, uh, you know, season two as a whole, individual episodes maybe, directors, actors, who knows? A little bit of anything and everything, potentially. Just uh, something to fill the void until the next season. (laughs) It's going to be a long void to fill, so we certainly have some other There's a lot of rumors circulating that Book of Boba will actually replace Mando next year and we won't even get it, so hopefully that's wrong. Well, I'm pretty sure that is. That's why I don't really listen to rumors. I I honestly, like, I don't really even listen to many other podcasts anymore. Um, I don't really look at, you know, Star Wars Twitter or, you know, any of that stuff. Because honestly, you know, we we can all speculate to death. But I I don't think, you know, we've never attempted to be authority figures on breaking news or anything new. Because in all honesty, there's potential that it would be completely incorrect, you know? So yeah. I, I think we've both sort of tried to steer away from that for the most part. Yeah, I rarely get on, look for new news or anything. I usually wait for it to start filtering into my feed. That's usually when, you know, it's legitimate. Yeah. I feel like if you go searching, you'll find all the crap, essentially. Yeah, no doubt, man. I mean, we'll discuss it, you know, if it, if it oh, seems yeah. credible. But yeah, we're definitely not gonna not gonna be the authorities on any of that sort of stuff. We we just we we enjoy the conversation. Um, but I guess I'll ask at this time before we get started. So, how's your how's your week been? New Year's and all that good uh, stuff. It's been, yeah, it's been good. Another nice long four day vacation. So enjoying a little downtime actually getting to tinker around with all the stuff I got for Christmas and mm. been rewatching Mando. <laughs> yes. You? Tinkering with Christmas presents. <laughs> um, well, I finally got to mess around with the amp you got me. I had to restring my oh, guitar. I went to, yeah. went to tune it. And one of the strings broke instantly. So I, and I was like, you know what? I really want to try it, but I'm not, I'm not stringing that today. It's <laughs> not doing it. Yeah. How do you like it? Oh, it's great. I love that I have the uh, option to use headphones so I don't bother everyone in the house. <laughs> nice. Yeah, very nice. Yeah, that was that was one of my, my gifts to him was uh, was a little amp. Um, you know, we, we both kind of grew up playing guitar at one point or another. Obviously, being older, I picked it up beforehand, and then some of my equipment became his equipment. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it just... You know, it snowballed and, you know, for his, it was for, was it for your birthday I, I built the guitar? It was a little later then, but yeah. it was basically your birthday present. Yeah. Yeah. So, but yeah, I needed a new amp because the old amp just, uh, <laughs> it was limping. <laughs> it was, yeah, probably, probably isn't holding up too well for a, a, an almost 20 year old amp at this point. So it's really not that far off from me that old, probably about 15. Yeah, I, I would feel like bad that. selling it to someone, honestly. Sure. Well, yeah, I mean, I played <laughs> I just, on it a lot. You've played on it a lot, too, so. Yeah. Crazy. yeah well used. No doubt. So, um, but yeah, yeah, it, uh, 
I don't know. This week's been pretty much, you know, whatever. <laughs> there weren't a lot of people at work, so work went by pretty quickly. And, um, you know, New Year's was, uh, I joined a uh, Zoom call with some friends. And, you know, that was that was fun, I guess. Um, I will say the, the TV, like, ball dropping things are really, really dumb. It was dumb uh, to do this I, year. I watched 10 minutes of it. You know, I mean, didn't really have much interest. I didn't really ever really watch it, to be honest with you. It was more like the the very end. You want to see the ball drop. But like the whole thing is most of those are shot in like New York or something like a big city. So you had all these people and the confetti's going and, you know, it's like it feels like a really big event. But, you know, this year with COVID and everything, that wasn't really the case. And it just sort of seemed kind of like it's like, wow. Did you really even need to put these on? It just seems like really right. stupid. And honestly, is especially with New York, with how shut down they are still, uh, kind of almost seems like a slap in the face because that time of year would have been like a huge business day, right? For most of the oh, businesses. Yeah. You know, hotels, sure. restaurants. restaurants. Bars, hotels, yeah. Yeah. So kind of, I don't know, man, that, that whole thing, I, I think if it were me, I would have just been like, well, let's just take this to a studio. Let's do a studio show and not like act yeah. like we're going to, you know, disrupt New York at this point. At least that, I don't know. That would have been me, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I've never really liked the idea of sitting out outside for about 14 hours waiting for that in New York in one of the <laughs> coldest days of the year anyway, yeah. so... I would never personally do it. Well, I'm with you. I wouldn't personally want to be out there either. But, you know, I mean, it's an experience. And there are some people that really view that as a, as a big thing. Um, yeah. Well, I yeah. mean, in Columbus, red, white, and boom. You know, the, the whole yeah. big firework. It's like I've never personally been downtown to see it. Because why? <laughs> you know, why would I want right. to do that? Yeah. Uh, see it on TV, so... <laughs> Yeah, or I'm just going to go see, you know, whatever town's fireworks show, and that's cool. You know, that's fine for me. But, uh, yeah. Just hang out in the McDonald's parking lot and get yourself a Big Mac. <laughs> yeah. Sit out on the lawn chairs. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, there are some people that really enjoy that and think it's a, you know, it's a cool experience for them. So I'm not going to knock it. I mean, if you want to go do that, you know, go for it. But obviously this year, very different. But hey, I mean, we've you know we've turned the new, we've turned into 2021, and everything's fixed. You know, there's no war, poverty. Yep. There's no more politicians. There's no more hunger. Peace is everywhere. We we've all turned a new leaf. We're all very very happy. Um, and it's great, yes, right? So we all have <laughs> twisted tea to thank for it. Listen, that is the stupidest thing. I had no idea what it was, <laughs> and I just saw everybody with like a twisted tea can. And I was like, what What the hell is this? And I finally saw the video, and I was mm-hmm. like, somebody at Twisted Tea did this. Somebody at that company did right. that because there is no way that that happened organically. Like, every everything is now yeah. Twisted Tea. No, 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 no. Someone uh-huh. is behind that. You are all getting played. Because that is like yeah. every World Star video, period. It, it wouldn't have... Listen, if that would have been a can of Coke or like a, a, a Monster Energy drink, I don't know, man. I'm just saying, yeah. it seems suspicious to me. Right. I don't know. To me, it was, I mean, don't get me wrong, it was pretty funny, but. I don't even know <laughs> if it was all that just funny. Just a little fake. 
For, for me, I don't know why I didn't find it. I like, I didn't really get it. I mean, I get it. Like I get the, hu- I get why people think it's funny, but it's like, but I've seen this a hundred times on world star, man. Like fights happen all the time. It's like for this one to become the face of memedom right now. It, it, I don't, I don't understand it. It's like, we are all apparently very uncreative at this point. Cause this is what we're doing. We are going to listen. We are going to Wait. hype twisted T screw that buddy. <laughs> what well, what we are, are a bandwagon nation. Oh it's God. very easy to jump onto a, a simple joke and try and make your own version of it and try and get, I mean, it's really just people trying to get famous yeah. off of the hype. Of I mean, Twisted tea. I mean, what if, what if he would have slapped him with a hot dog? Would everybody be like, Oh, hot dogs. <laughs> you know what I mean? Somebody in that marketing department got paid a ton for that, man. Somebody had an idea. <laughs> Although I, I will say I did see a Twisted T Star Wars meme yeah, that was I've pretty decent. It it's it's the Obi-Wan Grievous fight, and he mm-hmm. pulls out four Twisted Ts instead of lightsabers. That's a little entertaining. Yeah, it, it's definitely crossed into a lot of different fandoms. So, But well. I will say one thing, not that I found a good news but i did see if any of you are looking to spend your stimulus checks on toys uh the the force fx series just came out with the dark saber it's gone recently around christmas it's gone completely out of stock yeah i i looked at it basically they (laughs) they had it available at like it was some stupid time like 4 p.m eastern and i went and look i i forgot what time it was and i went and looked maybe yeah five six o'clock Gone 250 bucks. Wow, for that, for that wow. saber. And I, I mean, there are other companies that make a dark saber, so it's not like it's unimaginable. But the oh, it's it's Black Series Hasbro, I gotta have it. Um, but yeah, I did, I did look at that, it looked cool, you know. I, I guess what I read from it, I didn't realize this wasn't a common feature, but apparently, most of the sabers don't have rechargeable batteries for the light. It was saying that this one does. It's a new thing. There are companies that do it, but but Black Series, I I think, are uh, just, you know, you put in whatever, AA, AAA. But there are are Sabre companies that do make rechargeable, which is I found that odd. You're spending 200 bucks, and it's not rechargeable for the most part on there. Yeah, the Black so, Series sabers have always is, been expensive, though. They're God, they're so expensive. It is nice. I mean, don't get me wrong; it is a well-made saber, but two hundred fifty is a little steep for me. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel you. I, 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 like I said, I looked at it, but I didn't really have uh, any real inclination to buy it. But I, you know, I looked at it a little bit because I, I think it would have been, right. you know. Neat, but yeah, two fifty, eh, meh, yeah. I, I'm not, I'm not really in it for that personally. So, I guess now that the memes have dried up for us, there we can go ahead and work into the main, the main crux of the matter here. Mandalorian season two, uh, we had eight episodes, and. Um, I don't know. Do you want to do? Do you want to start by like going down the list and talking about episodes individually, or do we want to do like an overarching statement first? What do you What do you think? Uh, let's just do a quick synopsis of each episode. 
Okay. Kind of a little recap for those of you who haven't seen the uh, other reviews we've done of each episode individually. Yep. Which, if you haven't, I mean, what are you doing with your life? You should go back and do that first. True that, and obviously, you know, spoiler country for all of that. If you couldn't have guessed, uh, so yeah. Are you gonna Are you gonna put a picture of Luke? I just no. you know a nice picture of Luke on the tagline for this for people who download it. No, you know me. I don't do any of that sort of stuff. So it's just gonna be <laughs> what it is. All right. All right. So. First episode, uh, Chapter 9, The Marshal, written and directed by John Favreau. And this is where we get Cobb Vanth, and we see Boba's armor. We have our uh, little town in on Tatooine, uh, Mos Pelgo. And we learn that there is a crate dragon out there just wreaking havoc, we have an alliance between the. Yes, the... <laughs> Sorry, you're gonna say something there. Oh, I was just gonna say yes. The crate dragon of mystery and lore that we always wondered about from episode one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> I don't th- think any of us really thought much about the crate dragon, but they did flesh it out very well. It is a cool little nod to some old Star Wars lore. Yep. Uh, so yeah, the villagers of Mos uh, Pelgo and then some of the Tuscan Raiders band together in order to kill the crate dragon. And, uh, yeah, it was a pretty sweet episode that culminated in the Mandalorian old Din Djarin here actually delivering the final blow. Uh, and he takes Boba Fett's armor with him and special end of it. We actually see... Boba Fett, for the first time since the Sarlacc. Yes. And I think our opinion of that first time watching it compared to our opinion of him now is a little different. <laughs> yeah, a little man. But um, but overall, I, I think that the episode, it was a good, good solid episode, good rewatchable episode. Uh, also, I believe one of our longest, too. I probably should have popped that up as well. Episode lengths. I'm not 50, on that. 54 minutes. Yeah, so we're at fifty-four minutes on that one, the longest of the season. Yeah, so reasonably long episode, which um, you know I, I like longer episodes myself anyway, but that's that's me. Um, and so probably y- the second best opening of the season, I would say, right behind the Jedi, obviously. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah, Great with a with uh, a little gangster in the boxing arena or or fighting pit arena. Yeah. Yes, I would happen to agree with you there as well. So moving on to episode two, chapter 10, The Passenger. Again, I am super uninterested in these stupid chapters and episodes. I really... uh, (laughs) That's going to get so messy a few more seasons then. Yeah. (laughs) So this one had a runtime of 41 minutes, and we meet a new character who doesn't really still doesn't have a name, but we're just calling her Frog Lady. Uh, trying to get yes, her Frog eggs. Lady played by Misty Rosas. Yeah. So trying to get her eggs from Tatooine to the moon Trask uh, to meet her husband. And this was all set up by our mechanic. Uh, 
lady. <laughs> Dang. I don't have that name up. <laughs> I, I have a list. I have a list of about 140 actors and actresses. It takes a second to find somebody. Jeez. <laughs> and, uh, who do we have? Jeez. Oh my! Oh my! She's gonna be at the right, right at the bottom of the list. I know it. Uh, wasn't it? Uh, let's see here. Yeah, Peli Motto, who is played by Amy Sedaris. There you go. So there we go. Um, but that, yeah, obviously she was in episode one as well, but, uh, you know, plays the part in sort of making this deal to effectively have Mando transport Frog Lady to somewhere else. So there you go. Um, we have a bit of a bump in the road, however, as he is confronted by some X-Wings and crash onto an icy planet that is definitely not Hoth. (laughs) Yes, that that is the name of the planet, not Hoth. Not Hoth, yes. Uh, but the New Republic, uh, does recognize him for his role in the whole Prison Break episode from season one. And, uh, yeah, basically, uh, Razor Crest goes down into a cave. We have this swarm of spiders, which were kind of a callback uh, to, well, essentially indoor, but, or not indoor, excuse me. Um, wow. Yoda's Dagaba. Thank you. So a callback to Dagaba, some lore <laughs> from Dagaba, but also from Rebels because we did see them uh, on Rebels on that show as well. So, you know, pretty, pretty action packed episode. I would have to say the razor crest is severely beaten up. Uh, but as the climax of the episode comes down and, you know, spiders everywhere, our X wing pilots do return and help to destroy and drive back the rest of the creatures. And, uh, you know, they kind of like, Hey, you know, we realize you weren't all that bad. So be good and put on your antenna. Okay. We're not helping you. We're not, we're not going <laughs> to fix your shit, but we are going to save you. <laughs> yeah. We saved you, but you have to do the rest. So that, that is what it is. And then effectively, fun freezing. yeah, <laughs> effectively the end here is the razor crest sort of limping off towards Trask. So that was, uh, that was episode yes. two. Uh, episode three, chapter 11, the heiress. And, uh, this is where we start getting interesting in my opinion. Mm. Uh, <laughs> we finally get to Trask frog ladies all, you know, doing frog lady things, you know, meets her husband. So that's cool. We get a really crappy Mon Cal repair of the ship <laughs> with nets and rope, <laughs> uh, which is fun. Yeah. Uh, we also yeah, creepy little creature that almost eats Grogu. Yeah. Yeah. Towards <laughs> the end. Yeah, exactly. Uh, we do, you know, again, we're getting Mon Cal and Quarren's again, which is kind of an, a neat throwback. And mm-hmm. as Mando is effectively ambushed on a fishing ship for whatever reason, he's out on the ocean. Uh, we do get Mandalorians, actual Mandalorians from Mandalore uh, led by Bo-Katan, and we also bring up uh, a couple of other characters Cosca here. Reeves. Yep, Cosca Reeves, and, um, and he who shall not be remembered. 
<laughs> yeah, really, really kind of axe axe woves. Um, mm-hmm. who was in for one episode and then we don't see him again, which was a little a little disappointing. But I gotta say, his name was super stupid. Sorry, it's a stupid yeah. name. Yeah. Um, oh, I guess I, I guess I sort of uh, I should back up here a little bit. Chapter ten, directed by Peyton Reed, written by John Favreau. The Heiress, mm-hmm. directed by Bryce Dallas Howard, written by John Favreau. Mm-hmm. So. Okay, let's continue. So we we see our Mandalorians. Um, we learn that Din Djarin's sect of Mandalorians is a cult, <laughs> at least by Mandalore's Which we've standard. Which got already Yeah. <laughs> and then we get a ship hijack, as Bo is you know essentially looking for dun, 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 the dark saber. Uh, so this, I don't know. I I, I think that the the scene in the ship was was pretty epic. We have kind of an unsure Mando at this point, but you know they are able to come together and each do their part. Really epic stuff. Good, good, uh, good action there. And they are able to capture the ship at the last moment, where Bo effectively tells Mando that he needs to look for Ahsoka Tano uh, <laughs> on the forest hey, planet of Corvus. More fetch quests, but here we go. So then, instead of jumping directly to Ahsoka, we have to make another pit stop. Episode yes, 4. actually fixed the ship this time. Yeah. Episode 4, <laughs> Chapter 12, The Siege, directed by Carl Weathers and written by John Favreau. So we get back to Navarro which is where we were originally, you know, where we met uh, Cara Dune and Grief Karga, and they have a reunion, uh, they reunited. That's what I meant to say. Uh, we do get a really cool beginning scene with Kara, you know, who has now become like kind of a marshal, uh, you know, kicking butt and taking names. And yeah, we get the, re- uh, you know, some taking repair work. Friends. What's that? <laughs> Making ferret friends. Oh, yeah. Oh, God, I forgot about that stupid ferret. That's right. <laughs> um, but, yeah, we're repairing the Razor Crest. And we get another sort of uh, side mission to an Imperial base on Navarro, which we discover was a lab being used by Dr. Pershing to conduct experiments with, the, uh, with uh, Grogu's blood. They destroy the base. There are some troopers there, speeder bikes, ties, tanks. It's, it's blue a, guy. Yeah, blue guys there again. It's <laughs> it's 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 a lot of fun, and um, yeah, I mean, basically, the ending here is that we discover that a tracker was put onto the Razor Crest by one of the sort of operatives of Moff Gideon. Uh, let's see. I'm I'm forgetting all the things that I've been trying to do on these. So going back, the heiress was 35 minutes. The siege was 39 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll get there, man. We'll be professional one day. Next up, episode five, chapter 13, The Jedi, written and directed by Dave Filoni with a runtime of 47 minutes. 47 oh, glorious minutes. <laughs> yeah, what a what a beautiful episode this was. But they they arrive on Corvus. Um, the planet is pretty desolate. 
we have this fort, which is very interesting, that is ran by our magistrate. Perhaps we could actually have her name this time. Uh, maybe. Trying. We are certainly trying. Yeah, I mean... It'd be nice if they organized this list by appearance, but that just doesn't happen. Uh, let's uh, see here. Do we remember the magistrate's name? I'm trying to find the actress. Well, I'll get there. Uh, so I believe we had Morgan Elsbeth, so uh, played by Diana Lee in Osanto. So yes. very, very cool character there. Um, there's some lore if you really want to get into it, but you know, I think we talked about that a little bit during the episode, so I don't want to rehash too much, but we have the, uh, insanely epic return of Ahsoka Tano as she is effectively assaulting the fort. Um, some of the best, you know, cinematography I think that I've seen so far in Mando and, uh, even even the meeting between the Mandalorian and Ahsoka was great, but after Ahsoka's sort of siege, we have Mando showing up, going into the village, and, you know, it's bad. I mean, it's a bad place, man. It's it's a bad place. And People being tortured out in the streets. Yeah. Weird little cages. Yep. And we have our magistrate effectively offering Mando... Uh, the spear, a Beskar spear for the taking or killing of Ahsoka Tano. So he goes out to find her. They have their confrontation. And, you know, we also have, uh, you know, a great little thing here with, with Grogu and, and uh, Ahsoka. And we learn Grogu's name is Grogu. It's not just the child or baby Yoda. It is yes, indeed. and then we start using it just to get him to react, and it's great. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so that was great, their communion in the Force. Obviously, Rosario Dawson coming through here, playing Ahsoka. <coughs> and I, I, Wonderfully, by wonderful. the way. Yeah. It really, it really was, and, and whether you, you know, want to get down on the headpiece or not, it, it's just such a minor, minor thing for me. She played that part to perfection and they really they really did an awesome job of portrayal of a character that we've all we've all come to love yes definitely uh one little side note on this episode (laughs) we totally missed it when it came out i don't want to focus on too long but you know we've seen this spear before do you remember where we've seen this spear captain phasma Mm. Just under, just something to think about. Well, I mean, okay, let, let, let's hold off a little bit and say maybe. Because do you have an actual confirmation of that? Yes. Well, no, there's no confirmation. It's just after rewatching the movie, I noticed that. And it's just something they could tie in mm. potentially. It'd be kind of cool. Yeah. I don't think it would be cool at all. <laughs> be kind of nice to flesh out that character. She was potentially a really great character. She had a book. Movie. Read the book. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I guess I could see that. I don't I don't necessarily know if I would particularly care if that were the thing. But yeah, I mean that that could be an interesting connection for sure. 
might see her in a season at some point if they do a time jump you never know but i highly doubt it but yeah i mean you, you never know I, I don't want to be down on it but i i, I wouldn't want to see that personally um they squandered phasma in the movies they did it, it is what it is I, I just i don't think i need to rehash that to make it right uh, but again, continuing with the with the episode here, we also have our sort of gunfighter Lang, and let me grab his name, uh, Michael Bean, who was in Tombstone, which I recently watched. He was Johnny Ringo in to- Tombstone, which was awesome. Which coincidentally was also why the code name for season two was Huckleberry. Yeah, which we discussed yeah. in our. Uh, uh, last episode with our gallery recap. Still waiting for another episode. Y- yeah, I thought that was a little weird. Kind of weird that they didn't drop another one for New Year's. Yeah, I thought, that was odd. I thought that was strange. I don't. I haven't looked at the release schedule or if there's anything with that. I haven't really looked into it. I, I figure it'll come out when it comes out. So, yeah. But anyway, we do have another assault on the city as Ahsoka and Mando work together which is a great tribute to like Kurosawa and a lot of the spaghetti Western films, which is so much of what the season has been emulating, which has been great for me Mm -hmm. because I love it. Uh, We have a great confrontation between Ahsoka and Elsbeth, the magistrate, which I mean, that was a great choreographed event. And again, like I I keep having to say this, these fights are not sped up, which I love. Because they look far yeah. more real. And people need to get over that crap. Because the choreography in this whole uh, show, in general, has been great to my my liking. Uh, and then we get another name drop. As Ahsoka is yeah, looking fight, for... Yeah, I mean, it's not overly stylized. So. Right, right. But we get, we get this name drop as Ahsoka does best the Magistrate as she is looking for Grand Admiral Thrawn. Uh, so that has that gave us all a huge Twitter, yes. Uh, which we, you know, we didn't see Thrawn in here, which you know I don't expect to because I think with Filoni's comments, we have all confirmed that this is basically before the very end scene of Rebels, which is Correct. okay by me. Uh, then Ahsoka, who will not train Grogu, directs them to a temple on the planet Tython where Grogu can maybe communicate with somebody else out there. Who knows? And we speculated a ton on that, too. Great episode, though. So now we run into episode 6, chapter 14, The Tragedy, written by Jon Favreau, directed by Robert Rodriguez, and let me pull up another screen here. (laughs) 34-minute runtime. Yeah, so uh, I think this was the shortest episode, wasn't it? Yep. Uh, sh- it's not the shortest, second shortest, yes. No, it's the shortest episode. What's what's shorter? Yes. Uh, I just didn't have them all pulled up. Okay. I knew there was a couple that were low 30s. So. Now, the Eris the, the yep, was 35, the Siege was 39, this yep. was 33. So th- this this was the shortest of the season, which, um, you know me, I always want more. <laughs> but, yeah. but but every, every second <laughs> of this was perfect just like jedi in my opinion i mean it was sick they didn't waste a single second on it i mean it was yep half a fight scene yeah <laughs> exactly so we do join the mandalorian and grogu on tython uh, we have this rock <laughs> 
that Grogu sits on. Jedi Rock. Yeah, Jedi Rock. And he does his little meditation thing with his little little hands, which is super cool. And we see him communing in the Force, which is great. But he is in a protective energy shield, which Mando can't uh, penetrate. We confirmed twice yeah. that he cannot penetrate. Yes. <laughs> Uh, we also have the arrival of um, <clears throat> a ship that we haven't officially named because it's probably very insensitive and we shouldn't really name it Slave One. Uh, so, <laughs> Boba's ship. Or two or three at this point. It's hilarious. They never <laughs> said the name of the ship. And it's like, you know why, but they didn't want to rename yeah. it. So, we have the arrival of Boba Fett and Fennec Shan. We realize that she did not die, but she has become part robot. And her and Boba are working together, and Boba wants his armor. All right, he wants his dang armor back. So he doesn't want to fight Mando, really, but he wants his armor. It's his armor. And I don't know. It was it was kind of it was kind of crazy to to think that he never like tried to get it from Vanth. But we also speculated maybe it was because he had some respect for Vanth, and he was like trying to clean it up, and is like, I'm okay with this for now. Yes. I don't know. Yeah. So anyway, uh, we we run into the well, the Imperial remnant here under Gideon as they are attempting to capture the child, and we have the biggest tragedy of all: the tragedy, the Razor Crest is destroyed. Yes. Oh my god. Although let's be honest, it was on its way out at this point anyway. As it had just got only takes so many more repairs. It had just gotten <laughs> some repairs, man. It was fine. Yeah, that was that was terrible. Um, it would have been funny if they added him just yelling, "I just spent all that money <laughs> fixing my shit." Yeah. <laughs> well, we have an assault by ground troopers as well. Uh, Boba does get his like armor Fennec back. One. Fennec is sniping people, throwing giant boulders at him, Looney Tunes style. Mando's fighting back to back with uh, with Fennec, which was sweet. We had uh, Boba's, you know, really defining moment here in his his fighting style and using all the weapons at his disposal. Even taking down a ship, a little cruiser as well with his uh, rocket. Yeah, I will say Boba is the most berserk of all the Mandos. <laughs> <laughs> Well, he's got he's got knee guns. Okay, I mean, what are you gonna do? Yeah. So uh, once we kind of beat off the attack here, Moff Gideon deploys what we saw very briefly in the last episode, and are confirmed to be dark troopers, which are just droids, no humans, unfortunately. Uh, And they capture Grogu, and. Fett and Fennec promise to help the Mandalorian get Grogu back because that's that's They're what nice that's what we're gonna do for now. We're gonna help, and then we get yeah. uh, a, a little cameo from Dune again, Cara Dune's character, as they say, "We gotta go get old Mayfeld out of prison for something." <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> so good episode. Uh, then we move into. Episode 7, Chapter 15, The Believer, which is written and directed by Rick Fell. Oh my gosh, I, can't, I don't want to. <laughs> Famu Iowa. I don't know. I'm sorry, man. I, I don't mean to mispronounce Just go names, with it. but 
but I just it's terrible for me, and I don't look them up. Uh, 38 minutes on this uh, episode, and listen, what an episode. We we dogged this guy a little bit yeah. for, for the previous gallery and him appearing to be boring, but he's done some fantastic work in here. He just needs to work on his storytelling in person a little bit. <laughs> hey, as long as he can project all of his nerdy energy into the episode, yeah. he can be... A stick in the mud. I don't care. <laughs> yeah. Well, this episode turned out to be pretty epic as well. We get Mayfeld played by Bill Burr back, uh, who is cutting up uh, TIE fighters on a random prison planet. Uh, yes, a la Jedi Fallen Order. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, again, we have Boba, we've got Fennec, we've got Kara, we've got Mando, we've got now Mayfeld in the, in the fold as they are going to... Uh, Morak, planet Morak to access uh, a hub, a secret, a secret Imperial hub that will allow them to, to help find Gideon easier, I guess. And very interesting episode, you know, hijacking a a crawler with, you know, sorry, I I got a cough (coughs) with, uh, uh, Everyone's deaf now. Yeah. R- R- Rhydonium, wasn't it? Yes. Okay, there we go. So Rhydonium, which apparently is explosive or something. Uh, they're attacked by pirates. We get to see more combat, you know, more realistic combat, which I thought was cool. And probably the most cheesy thing in the entire world is everyone in their brother uh, snaps Having open a detonator. detonator. Oh, my God. That was so, it was like, I think I made the analogy in the episode. It was like the snaps and like West Side Story. <laughs> you know, it was, that was. Oh no, you could just get some grease lightning playing in the background too for that matter. It was so cheesy, dude. It was so <laughs> cheesy, but it was, it was fun. Um, they do make it to the mining facility as they're hailed as heroes for bringing this Rhydonium in. And then we get, God, we just get a face off. We get a face off and a half. Um, and, and man, a, a, a bit of a hint back to Operation Cinder, which was, which was insane. Um, yes. let me see here. What was this actor's name? I don't suppose you have him pulled up, do you? I am looking for it right now. Let's see here. Sorry, Wi-Fi is no, no, you, right no, now. you're good. I, I was uh, now the, the the weird thing is is the page I have up apparently doesn't have him in it for whatever really? reason. That's weird. So I'm not. So let's see here. Yeah, unfortunately, again, nothing's really organized properly so yeah that's okay I, i'm sure let me just open another page i do want to get his name we'll 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 edit all this out and by edit all this out i mean i won't do anything of the sort <laughs> there we go imperial captain titus welliver uh no titus i don't think no, that's not it no that was from the no i'm sorry i'm sorry yeah. yes that's from yeah 
Yeah, that Rump, was that was from the other episode. I'll, I'll, I'll <laughs> kind of looks similar, but now nah, we'll get it. I'll, I'll get I've it. Got eventually. super small pictures here. We'll get it. This is real. God, this is really stupid. Okay, here we go. So the character's name is Valen Hess, and the actor Richard Brake, who um, you know did the of course just found out. <laughs> yeah, no, it's fine. Yeah. So he he did the uh, did a. I mean, he's done it. He's done quite a bit, but also uh, pretty famous for Game of Thrones. So anyway, we get this uh, face-off between Mayfeld and and Hess, and you know, it, it's it's kind of like a it's a, it's a really cool sort of psychological thing where you know Mayfeld is kind of in a way looking for revenge without really thinking he's looking for revenge and getting out some of his grievances that you know he had with being because he was ex-imperial. Um, you know, and, and the atrocities that happened and he just, you know, guns him down, which was crazy. Oh yeah. And also Mando takes off his helmet in front of everybody. <laughs> yes. But everyone dies. So it doesn't matter. Except, Except for Gold. <laughs> so they do escape. But he didn't see him. So it's okay. Yeah. He saw him. <laughs> he totally saw him. So they, they are able to escape and we get a transmission to Gideon, uh, you know, Pretty, pretty, you know, kind of cool. It's like, listen, man, I'm coming for you. Yeah. So finally, we end on chapter eight, or excuse me, episode eight, chapter 16, The Rescue, directed by Peyton Reed. Uh, two, two episodes he's directed this season and written by John Favreau. Um, so they are... six minutes. Yep, there you go. I was about to forget that too, so thank you. <laughs> so... Uh, Mando and Kara board an Imperial shuttle. They capture Dr. Pershing. Um, we, we have the whole Avengers unite. We get, uh, Bo-Katan and, uh, Koska Reeves. Yeah. You know, her and, uh, Boba have a little bit of a, little bit of a match there in a bar. So that's fun. Flame Flamethrower duel. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So they they use this shuttle to, uh, you know, effectively get close to Gideon's cruiser and enter it. We have a lot of girl power in this episode as Bo-Katan, Koska Reeves, Fennec Shan, and Cara Dune fight their way through the the ship, uh, battling all the troopers as Mando is tasked with trying to take down the dark troopers, which he does blow out of the ship only for them to come back a little later. Um, Mando also confronts Gideon who is holding Grogu. Uh, they have a little bit of a fight there at which uh, Mando does get the upper hand using the spear. Uh, everyone arrives back on the bridge where of course Gideon kind of goads uh, Bo-Katan saying, Oh, well, look, he's got the saber. He won it. You didn't. Ha 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 ha. And then we have the sort of the main, uh, you know, bad thing. Big potatoes. Yeah, where the dark troopers come back to the ship and uh, they're trying to bust through the door, rock 'em, sock 'em, robot style. And then we have the biggest, probably the biggest reveal in the entire show, period, where Luke Skywalker shows up, destroys the dark troopers. And then takes Grogu to presumably train him. 
we also get a very touching moment where Grogu is able to see Mando's face for the first time, which I made a joke about. Well, Mayfeld's seen his face before Grogu's even seen his face, so that's great. Um, and then finally, we culminate Marvel style, which I'm sorry, I still don't like, uh, with Fett and Finnick uh, traveling to Jabba's palace on Tatooine and killing Bib Fortuna, poor Bib. And taking over the throne so that he can, I don't know, rule Tatooine or something. And also get, you know, kind of the the allusion to the Book of Boba Fett, which is a new series which should exist uh, alongside with the new Ahsoka series and season three of The Mandalorian, all living in sort of the same time frame. So it's a possibility for some more crossover there, which I don't know, maybe, maybe not. Sure, why not? So that's a lot of yakking. That's a lot of yakking for a recap. But I want to ask you, we'll go back and forth here. Um, let's just start with our favorite episode of the season. What's your favorite episode of the season and why? Uh, I'm going to have to say it would be the Jedi. And the reason being, I thought that was probably some of the best choreographed lightsaber combat we've seen live action. Uh, although I won't say that Luke wasn't amazing too, obviously CGI Luke. Um, we get a lot of backstory on Grogu. We find out where he's from, or at least, uh, that he's been trained in the Jedi temple. Um, we just get a lot of great spaghetti Western moments. We get some great characters introduced in this, the spear. Yeah. So that, by far, it's probably the best episode of the season, I would say. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Do you want your pumpkin spice latte with your basic B word take there? <laughs> basic B word. <laughs> Come on now. <laughs> I'm kidding. No, I, I agree with you. It, it, was, my, it was my favorite episode. Um, yeah, all, all the allusion to the sort of, you know, Kurosawa and then the, you know, old Western films and the the standoffs with, you know, gunfighters and, you know, the combat. The first scene with uh, with Ahsoka just slicing through a bunch of folks and, you know, giving her warnings and so forth. The tone of the episode, which was, you know, very dark. But then, you know, when you were in the, the garden, in the center of the, the town, it was a little brighter, a little greener and so forth. Low life. Yeah. So the, the the constant changing of those sort of things, the attention to detail, I think was extremely, extremely good. Um, so yeah, I, I, I really enjoyed it a ton. I had a great time watching that episode. It's definitely one that, um, I mean, God, that could just be its own little movie. It could. You know what I mean? And it, re- it really it just goes back to how amazing <laughs> Dave Filoni is. Yeah. And, and how much he cares about this universe and right. cares about fleshing it out properly. Well, that's the other thing, too. Yeah, Dave wrote and directed it. I mean, this was his his baby. And I told you that when we were looking at these, I was like, that's going to be the Ahsoka episode. There's no yeah. way it will be written or directed by anyone else but Dave Filoni. He, I'm sure he gave them no choice whatsoever. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like, Listen, I will fight all of you for this. I have every force effects. <laughs> yeah, yeah, seriously. 
Um, so yeah, I agree with you that that is as perfect an episode as you can as you can do. So, but the tragedy and the believer were very very close seconds. I will say that. I know I said that it's by far the best, but that's not necessarily no, true. No, yeah, talk talk about them. So I mean, like what. Let's let's kind of go down the ladder here. I don't want to do like a full ranking because like I didn't think yeah, about it that I'd say much. Top but, three then. But yeah, yeah. Talk talk about tragedy. Talk about believer. Why why are they up there for you? Yeah, well, I mean, the tragedy has some of the best blaster based combat in the entire series. Not even just this season. It it made me actually care about Boba Fett in a way I didn't think I would. Because mm-hmm. neither of us were really excited about the introduction of Boba Fett at the beginning of this season, we were we really weren't. But you know, it, he's different. He seems to have changed his lifestyle quite a bit throughout the years. Makes you interested in you know what all has happened to him after escaping the pit. Uh, we get some great acting from Finnick. Uh, she's amazing. Her choreography is great too. Um, and we get the setup for Grogu finding a Jedi. Mm-hmm. So there was so much suspense waiting to see who would show up. That alone kept us on the edge of our seats. I think. I don't know why. Why did you like the tragedy? I didn't. Don't you didn't wo- like the tragedy? Don't put words in my mouth. I'll tell you what else <laughs> I liked after you're done. <laughs> No, well, you I'm said so, well. Okay, so yeah, we we can we can bat back and forth. Yeah, I mean the tragedy was good, but I think I think if we're gonna give a number two for me, um, it's gonna be the heiress, and I you yeah. know th- this was kind of a maybe not as like full full hog of an episode for for some people as others, but like the the one thing is is that it was just done. It was just done so darn well. Um, yeah, I mean, maybe it's a little confusing on why Mando was on a ship, but hey, he had to get to an island to find the Mandalorians, right? Wink, wink, nod, nod. Sure. Uh, but it was cool to see the Corrin. It was cool to see the Mon Cal again on a, on a water planet. Um, I think Bryce Dallas Howard uh, did a really great job as a director here, and I think she has a – I mean, well, she already is doing pretty brilliant stuff, but a very bright, bright future – yes she she also did one of our favorite uh episodes from season one as well the village she has some great talent yes yes she absolutely does um but again it really all comes down to bringing in some of the mandalorians and bringing in bo-katan uh played by katie sackoff which was awesome uh to bring the actual voice in here uh you know seasoned actress who knows what she's doing and Honestly, like I, you know, Twitter, I'm not, I'm not big on, but like, uh, although thank you to everyone who's been following us lately on Twitter, because that actually has been raising lately. So, you know, hopefully you guys are enjoying the podcast and so forth. But, um, you know, I followed, I followed her on Twitter, like before the episode dropped, I think, or no, it was after it doesn't matter. But anyway, she was so excited when that episode dropped like her, yeah. her tweets were, I mean, she was just over the moon. 
so happy about not only the love the character was getting, but just being able to do it. And like, she's not new, you know, she's, she's been in, in big roles. She's done, you know, done TV, done movies, done all this stuff. And, but she still has that excitement about like, I mean, effectively a two off at this point, you know, it could have been a one off, you know what I mean? But yeah, her, her enthusiasm for the role made me very happy and, uh, you know, just to see, you know, the, the Mandalorians of Mandalore with their combat and th- their different way of fighting was really fun uh, to see. And, you know, the, the taking of the ship, the taking of the ship was something, and, and we mentioned this in the gallery where Favreau came in and he was like, well, we can't have Mando front and center with him, you know, shooting along. He's got to be a little bit in the background until he gets his moment. You know, seeing them clear a ship, clearing a hallway was excellent. And then seeing Mando's contribution as he's, as they're kind of pinned down a little bit and he runs through, he's taking all these shots of the armor <laughs> and is finally able to deal with the the remnants of it so they can get to the bridge. That whole thing was, was really amazingly done. You know, again, you know, you had, you had feeling, you had action. It was really just a pretty complete, uh, complete episode for me. So that's, that's sort of why it's like number two. What's your number three? Number three for me. You know, generally uh, when people do this, they go in reverse order. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, we're doing this completely wrong. All the suspense is just, it's gone. (laughs) You know, it's it's hard to choose number three because The Rescue and The Believer were both amazing episodes. Mm -hmm. They really were. And, And I would say that The Rescue is the better episode by far, but I do want to give a big nod to the believer because that is probably the most tense scene in the entire season by far you know having that face off with uh bill burr is it just shows how great of an actor he is you know you you think oh he's a comedian it's not gonna be that great and he's very goofy during that episode for sure Mm -hmm. but he gets so so intense so serious in this role and i really appreciated it uh it definitely harkened back to a lot of old westerns to me uh and glorious bastards as well which is one of my favorite movies from uh oh well anyway drawing a blank on the director's name um but i would have to say the rescue is definitely going to be number three for me it can't not be with luke it Mm -hmm. just can't Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, we have a lot of intense and dramatic moments throughout this entire episode. We have some great combat, a lot of girl power. Um, we have super emotional moments with Grogu saying goodbye to Mando. And we all got to feel like a child again watching Luke slice and dice some droids. It was just a great experience. And I don't think either of us really thought we'd see Luke again. So it was great. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I'm, I'm with you there. Uh, great episode, but I, I'm actually going to give number three to the believer. Um, okay, because again, you're, you're, you're kind of in a va- in this vacuum situation where you're dealing with the the creed of, of Mando and sort of digging a little bit into. You know, but are the things that you're believing really necessary? Did, you know, it was kind of like a, one of those episodes where he has to say, what am I willing to do? 
And in the end, he is basically willing to sacrifice everything because taking off a helmet is effectively akin to like a suicide or yeah, like going AWOL or something. In that respect, there's the potential that his creed would say, you're now not worthy of that armor, which could come up in season three because we have to assume that we're going to see at least the armorer again, right? So it could be, uh, you know, a situation where they say, well, you know, has anybody seen your face? He's like, yeah. And at that point, it's like, well, then you don't deserve that armor. Um, so I think he could come up big, but the thing is, is like you, you saw what he was willing to do and to kind of throw away things that don't necessarily make sense for, you know, doing something, doing the right thing. And then, yeah, obviously the Mayfeld scene was insane. Just going through his mind. Like the thing is, is like, that sort of seems to be Bill Burr. Like if you watch his interviews or you watch some of his routines and stuff, like it, it kind of almost seems like he put a lot of himself in that character. You know, the, the, the ethical dilemma that he had to go through in order to get to this point. Um, so it, that was, that was insane. Obviously, you know, the character of Hess was, uh, you know, just crazy good. Um, and then the allusion to Operation Cinder was 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 nice to see in mainstream. Hopefully, some of that stuff gets you into books, gets you into literature. It's like, oh, what's Operation Cinder? Well, you got to read this yeah. book. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, give me a little bit more on Ahsoka. Well, she has a book, you know. Uh, <laughs> so there's there's a lot of reading, but yeah, I got to give number three to the Believer. All right. So what do we want to talk about next? Um, well, I, I guess, I guess here, let, let's kind of think about where we can go from here. Um, what, what do you think comes next for, for the Mandalorian? Well, I think, I think the first thing that we have to address in season three is the dark saber <laughs> and Bo. There, there's just no way that we can skip over that and ignore it. It has to be done. Um, we need to have some kind of interaction with the armor again. Now that he's had this crisis of faith and he's questioning everything he's been taught growing up, you know, we have to finally have that confrontation and we need to see if he decides to stick with that his family and all that he's known, or if he goes with Bo and eventually becomes part of her group, or if there's confrontation between them and, you know, they're at odds with each other. Mm-hmm. I think we need to focus more on Mandalore in general and not all these fetch quests. Um, so I, I want to address this whole fetch fetch quest thing. Cause like, I think people are really zeroing in on that too much and they're missing the point of this show and that it is episodic and not serialized. You know what I mean? It's not one giant arc. It's a collection of things. I mean, this is the same formula that TV went in the direction of forever and ever. And I think, I think that the only in quotation sin that this particular season has done is, 
is that it spent a lot of time introducing characters as opposed to continuing Dinjarin. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it did it did a good job of like putting more on him, but you know, okay, oh here's Bo-Katan. Oh, here's Ahsoka Tano. Oh, here's this. Here's you know, Boba. You know, it, here's it's Luke. Like, yeah, it's like who else can we introduce, you know, to get a spinoff series? So I think that might have been the biggest um the biggest kind of sin for me. But that doesn't necessarily ruin anything in my eye. And I, and I think that the fetch questing thing, it has a place. Like, I, I don't think that there, for me, there's no issue with that with me. I just think it's a different TV. You know, I don't want the Mandalorian to be like every other show out there. I, I want it to, you know, be unique in its own way. And, you know, the, the way it's been pulled off has been completely fine. And the threads have been reasonably even even despite you having, you know, different visions for each of them, but you have the consistent writing, you know what I mean? So I think that's important, but as far as what we're going to see or what I think we'll see in season three, um, yeah. Mandalorian civil war. I mean, that's kind of what I, what I've been thinking about because you have, you have factions, you have factions at this point. You have this cultist faction who believes in the old way. You have Bo-Katan's, uh, you know, sort of faction, which, you know, I mean, she lost the Darksaber, so what is her right to rule at this point in their eyes? Um, and, you know, just an aside, all of you people out there who continue to talk about, well, but she was given it the first time. It's like, but she didn't have to win it because the person giving it to her didn't win it either. There's a difference. Yeah. There, there, There's a difference. In this case... In my opinion, I think, and we didn't get this explained, which I kind of wish they would have. I think Gideon won it from her. I think he actually was able to take it from her, which in that respect means that she has lost leadership. So she has to prove that she can gain that leadership back again through right. effectively force because that's kind of the code. Yeah. Uh, so it's it's different. It's a, it's a way different thing. And I think... I, I, I've seen some theories talking about maybe Bo would become like the bad guy of season three, which I don't particularly want to see. And then there's a meme going around. It's like, <clears throat> I don't remember the first panel, but like the second panel is marrying Din Djarin, you know, and she kind of has a look on her face. Uh, <clears throat> so I, I don't know. I, there's there's going to be some something will come to a head there. Um, I also think we'll see Sabine at some point. I think we'll see some of Clan Wren. I think we're going to see more Mandalorians, but eventually there will have to be something that comes to pass. Um, something will have to come to pass in order to button button this dark saber arc up. And I think that we'll see Mandalore. I think that we'll see some fighting amongst amongst the Mandalorians. And I think at the end of the season we will see Grogu. Yes. I think we'll see. Do you think we'll see any tiny clips of Grogu throughout, or do you think it no. will be just at the end? Just at the end. Just I at agree. the end. I think that's how it needs to be. I think this needs to be the season we completely focus on the Jaren. Yeah. Um, again, like you said, we've had a lot of setup in season two, which I don't see a reason for any more setup for season three. We can finally focus on the Mandalorian again. Yep. Um, I hope that I don't want to say I don't want to see a lot of characters introduced, but 
I think having Sabim is something we need to have happen, but we don't need a ton of new characters introduced other than support cast. You know, yeah. we don't need another Ahsoka. We don't need another Boba. So, yeah. Yep. We'll have to see. Uh, and it's very possible that season three might be held off until 2022. Um, there's a little bit of contradictory stuff going on there. And I know like star Wars theory is like doing their thing. Well, yeah, it's totally 2022 now because of blah, 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 blah. Um, yeah. But I mean, I, I think the, the, the thought is, is, you know, December, 2021 shifting into 2022, but you know, who knows it, it might, it might be held over uh, to 2022, let Boba run December and then, you know, then throw Din Djarin and, you know, the Mandalorian in the next year. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but we'll definitely have content uh, to talk about no matter what, if it's this or if it's that, it doesn't really matter. I'm just happy to see more shows and, you know, so forth come out for Disney Plus. Give it some value for me. Yep. Uh, so, Yeah. Oh, and I gotta, I gotta say, we none of us touched on it, but like, are we gonna see more of Moff Gideon? I think we will. I don't think he's done yet. I'm anticipating a prison break near the middle of the season. Uh, I would say that's how we're gonna see him again. I think, we'll, I think is, we'll see him escape at the beginning of the season. Really? Yeah. Well, it's, it's possible. It certainly is. He's a smart dude, and he's the only reason he would stay in confinement is because he chooses it. So, mm-hmm. the real question is: Are we going to see Ranger Cara Well, and the, yeah, no, that's good. That's a good call. Because, like, the thing is, is we have the what is that series called? The Rangers of the Republic, or what, what was that one called? Uh, Ra- Ranger, Ranger Rick and his Republican friends. I don't know. Sure. Yeah, that sounds right. Let me just uh, let me just look it up real quick. Yeah, yeah, Rangers of the Republic. So I, I think some of the thought is is that that will maybe be a little bit Caradoon centric. I'm not so sure about that, but I mean it could be. Um, will we see her? Yeah. I mean, I don't see why not, but there again, yeah. I'm also of the opinion that I, I like the crew. I like the crew being yeah. together. You know what I mean? That feels yeah. pretty good to me. I, I, I hope we finally get a good, you know, at, at least a trilogy of episodes with the whole crew together dealing with something big. And I'll tell you what, I was just rewatching the believer and yeah, they weren't really friends at the end, but, Man, how awesome would it have been to see Mayfeld just follow him and take on Gideon's crew? Yeah. Because I'll tell you what, he is he is a great character. I mean, he's a sharpshooter. He's got a lot of wit. It'd be really cool to see him introduced into the crew. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it would be interesting. I, I kind of get the feeling from like, because I, I periodically listen to Bill Burr's uh, podcast he does with Burt Kreischer. And I, I kind of get the feeling that I don't think he'd be into that. 
Like I, I kind of have a feeling like he he just wouldn't be into like I could be wrong, but I, I think he played a great character. I think it's somebody that you can remember and and do callbacks to at the very least. Call do a callback to him. Um. But yeah, but I, I'm with you. I think I think some crude crew type missions would be sort of sort of fun. Not necessarily bounty bounty hunting as much, but just you know. Just having those things to do. So yeah, I think we're kind of past Mando being the bounty hunter at this point. I don't think we're going to see a whole lot more of that now with everything going on with Mandalore. Yeah, I mean, I I really I really legitimately think that like the opening is is you know with him and Bo and saying we have to go to Mandalore. We we have to you know do something, and this causes this dissension. But it's a long season, so that's why again I feel like we get we get Gideon's escape and sort of a rebuild for him, and then at the end when it seems the darkest, you know, here comes old you know Jedi apprentice Grogu or something, you know, doing doing flippy flippy McTwists and backpack rides and so <laughs> forth. Uh, yes, with his three quarter size lightsaber. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. I'll just be. Do you interested. think we'll have? Yeah. Do you think we'll have a fight with the armorer? Because that is something I'm kind of hoping for. Yeah. So that that that's an interest. Yeah, that is an interesting thought. Um, you know, sure, but with who? I think is the question. Is it with Bo Katan or is it with Mando? You know what I mean? I'm saying Mando. I'm saying Mando. See, I, I don't necessarily. I I think it would. At least in my mind, it feels more logical for her to have a, a confrontation with Bo-Katan. Um, you know, kind of like one of those things, it's like, you know, you bleeping cultists. You know, we don't need your cult kind here with all your cult stuff and your stupid cultiness. And, you know, I I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I feel like, oh, okay. So let me also bring this to, to, to bear here. Her hammer. Do you think it's Beskar? It's Beskar, though, right? I mean, like, well, it kind of has to be Beskar. I mean, it's got. She be forges right. Beskar with it. I am just saying, like, <laughs> you know, but but then at that point, you know, so she had, you know, get, give old Bo a weapon, and they have a little Beskar off. It'll be great. Yeah, you know, as Din Djarin just sort of sits on the throne, it's like, ah, yeah, fight, fight. Fight, fight. <laughs> <laughs> Holding the spear up, doing old Tuscan Raider. Fight, fight. <laughs> I don't know, man. I, I just I, I I think we're gonna get more Mandalore. I think I that's kind of I don't know I don't know if it's my hope, but I, I think that that'd be a good thing to get into. Yeah. Yeah, I totally agree. And of course I think the most important thing we need to see is knee guns. We need to see Dinjarin with knee guns. Jeez. Oh, no knee guns. You know, ju- just like when he sees the jetpacks, man, I really need to get one of those. It would be kind of interesting. I mean, like his blasters become pretty iconic to this point, but it would be kind of fun to see him pick up a couple of the Mandalorian, like blocky blasters and then, pew, 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 yeah. pew, pew, you know, that'd be fun. Well, you know, I'm just saying he, he helped steal an entire ship with a lot of, Really nice rifles on. I really don't get why he didn't keep one. Hey, you know what? I just actually thought about this. When was the last time we saw his rifle? 
Um, season he... one. No, no, I mean we've seen it in this no. season. We did see it, but it was super early. I mean, did it get blown up in his ship, or did uh, he have it? Yeah, with it probably him? would have. No, he didn't have it with him. I didn't during the tragedy. I, I didn't, you're right. I didn't think about he that as I was doing his... a rewatch. Yeah, no, he did not have that with him. You're right. Wow. I'm gonna have yeah. to go back and rewatch again, and and specifically look for that because I don't. I wonder if he still had anyone frozen and carbonite on the ship. <laughs> I hope not. Well, but I, you know, in the in the belie- in the believer, you know, he's in different armor, so he didn't use it throughout that episode. Um, the tragedy. I don't remember him taking it with him as he put him on the stone. I, I think he just had his normal no. blaster in his pack. So, God, it probably was destroyed. Oh, no. That sucks. That was a cool rifle. I'm sure you can find another. Not not the biggest You know, I'm just thinking about it, because really the only real time he gets to use it, use it, was in the first episode, the Marshal, when he was facing the crate Dragon. Yeah. Dang. Mm -hmm. Dude, did they destroy his rifle? Like, seriously, did. did they destroy his rifle? Gosh, I'm gonna have to go. I'm gonna go back. I'm gonna go back, take some time, and actually look through that again. Third rewatch just to confirm that. (laughs) Yeah, confirm. Was rifle destroyed? Fascinating. Maybe he left it with Frog Lady for some reason, you know. Oh, who knows? Yeah, who knows? (laughs) Well Are we uh, gonna get are we gonna get I think we need to get the uh, the children of Frog Lady just coming to confront Grogu at some point. Like now listen, man. Killed our you brothers and sisters. Half of my brothers and sisters. <laughs> Grogu's like, actually, it's about three quarters. I ate a lot of you. <laughs> yeah. Well, one one last thing I, I do want to make mention here. Um, although it wasn't a huge part of my experience, but I do want to give credit where credit's due. Is the music. Uh, so <clears throat> let me see if I can wrangle this name here, the composer. Ludwig. Uh, Gore, I don't know. It's got a couple of dots above the O. So Gorenson, I'm just going to say that. And hopefully that doesn't come back on me. Um, but really, really, I mean, really continued good music. Cause we'd remarked yeah. on that quite a bit, uh, in season one, obviously the themes there, which coincidentally, I'm going to send it to you later. I found, I, I, I saw some like a heavy metal, remake of the mando theme which was pretty cool i did too did you see okay i saw that too yeah (laughs) and it wasn't like a little video it had like half a million views on it too so it was it was there um but uh, you know obviously like john williams has been the the face and the the driving force behind music of star wars but i i do think that that this guy has done a good job you know he's done a really good job of of providing the tone for for the show and music has always been such a huge part of star Wars. Yeah. Yeah. It really has. It, it instantly brings you back to your childhood hearing all those songs. And we actually got, you know, the Marshall, uh, the Jedi, the tragedy, a lot of really good, unique music, the, the tragedy, yeah. especially, you know, yeah. you kind of harken back to Tamara Morrison's culture. I feel like with that music. So mm-hmm. really appreciated that. Yes. Yes. So very, very good job there. Um, 
I will actually do a brief shout out here if I can find it first because I want to be able to reference the YouTube page correctly. Oh my gosh, I've been looking up way too many things on YouTube, so that's not so great. Uh, I'm going to, I'm sorry, stall them for me, buddy. I got to find this. Dude, you're, you're 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 killing it. You're killing it. Absolutely killing it. Love it. Let's play that song again. This is so stupid. I I know I I, subs, I subscribe to it too, and it's it's really it's really irritating me that I can't. Okay. Oh well, that was easy enough. Okay, so I have a friend here who. Um, yeah, I, I had known from another uh, podcast, and she's a she is a violinist and a teacher of said musical instruments as well. So a lot of respect for that because I briefly scraped aboard a violin for some time. But Rebecca Rovney, it's R O V N Y, and Rebecca, you know, you, you guys can figure that out. Uh, but anyway, go give her a follow because she has done a couple of Mandalorian uh, themed covers here, along with a, a, a ton of other covers. She's shot her own little um, uh, music videos and everything here. But uh, this week, she actually dropped uh, like the man. I believe this was just the yeah the Mandalorian theme song on uh, on violin, a little arrangement there. So check her out and. Uh, yeah, give her give her a follow, give her a like. Uh, you know, very very talented, much more talented on that instrument than I ever was. So she she does a does a really good job there. So check that out. Uh, so yeah, anything else we want to chat about here before we wrap her up? No, I think we've pretty much hit on all the important notes. Sick. Well, really cool season. Again, looking forward to season three whenever that comes to pass. We might have some time uh, to reflect before that happens, but obviously looking forward to it. So all of you listening or listening or listening because we don't have video, uh, (laughs) hopefully you guys enjoyed. Unless you are a patron. Well, yeah. Yeah, I've got some I've got some business to talk with you about after this. Not you the audience, but co-host. So anyway, uh hopefully you guys enjoyed um and uh, make sure to follow us on all the uh social media at t- uh wow, I was about to spell out a completely different thing that made never mind. I I'm I recorded another podcast this morning with a friend. I'm thinking of theirs. Starting to get them all mixed up. <laughs> yeah, at, at TC Plan Podcast. Uh, you can find us on Twitter, uh, Facebook. Just look us up. Uh, you know our name; it's out there. Uh, or if you'd like to just send us an email with some of your thoughts or theories, uh, just tcplanpodcast@gmail.com. Love to uh, feature you in the show if you have an opinion worth talking about. But if you're just giving us hate mail, go comment on YouTube. Send it videos. to YouTube. Yeah, send it on YouTube. So anyway, folks, thank you very much for uh, listening again. I hope you guys have a great rest of your week. As always, may the force be with you.